Welcome to Langstaff Online. My name is Michael De Silva, and I am your host for episode 60. In this episode, we are going to be listening to Josh Smith on a message entitled, Why Did Jesus Weep and What Does It Teach Us Today? We trust this episode will provide very helpful insight on how we are to care for others. Hello, and thank you for listening to this podcast today. just want to remind you as you begin listening that we've been praying for everyone who will take advantage of listening to this podcast today. This is a wonderful opportunity to be able to serve and to minister to and to, and to teach uh, a wide variety of people, and it's a wonderful thing to be able to do this today. And what I would love to be able to do with God's help is is look at the shortest verse in the Bible and hopefully be able to pull some devotional thoughts as well as some gospel-centered thoughts from John 11.35. John 11.35, I think that all of us when we were young, we probably joked about being able to memorize the shortest verse in the Bible. And John 11.35 would be that verse. As we know, it says that Jesus wept. Jesus wept. I'd like to talk about three different things from this verse, but as we consider the, the verse itself, we'll get into the context in just a minute, but as we consider the verse itself, I want you to picture what that might have looked like. What would it have looked like to observe the Son of God himself weeping? Now that causes me to pause for just a moment. That causes me to think about what it would have been like, because we're not just talking about any person. The special focus here is that it's on the Lord Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the one who's been prophesied about for hundreds of years, the one that throughout all all of eternity, the plan was for him to come into this world, the one who was all-powerful, all-knowing, all-present, by him all things consist, And we think about him, and and this verse tells us that he's weeping. It doesn't say that it's just a single tear that leaves his eye, or that he cried just a little bit, but it says that he wept. It, It causes us to stop and think for a moment. What would cause the Lord Jesus Christ, the Son of God himself, in human form, to weep and to cry? It seems like a pretty significant event. It seems like the kind of thing that would make you pause and, and, and stop for a moment and say, what would make that happen? Well, I'd like to suggest three things. And these have made a deep impact on me, and I trust they would on you as well. The first one is that getting into the context a little bit, the, reason, the first reason that he's weeping, I'd like to suggest, is that he knows the family. He knows the family. He's standing outside of the grave of Lazarus, and he's talking with Lazarus's two sisters. And if you're familiar with the story, if you've read John 11, you probably have and are familiar with it, that Lazarus has just died. And his sisters have come to him and they're saying, if you would have been here, this wouldn't have happened. Sometimes maybe you can reflect and look back and think about a time where you attended a funeral. And if we know the person, if the person has been close to us, or we've had a lot of interactions and Maybe they're a friend, maybe they're a friend, maybe they're a family member. The more that we know the person, the more upsetting it can be. And I think of the Lord Jesus, and I think about the close relationship that seems to have been established with that family. 
He'd been to their house before. He knew who they were. And that's the first thing that makes me think that he's, he's weeping so intensely. It's not just a little crying. It's not just a single tear. It's just not a moment of sadness that's quickly gone away, but he weeps. It's because he knew Lazarus. He knows Mary. He knows Martha. And because he knows them on such a deep and intimate level, it causes him to weep. And the first point, the first thing that I really would love to be able to take away from this is that he knows us, that God knows us, that Jesus Christ himself, he knows us. Now that's, that's an overwhelming thought on one level, that the same God who has created this universe is the one who knows us. He knows you. The person listening to this podcast right now, he knows you. He knows everything about us down to the smallest detail. And you'll remember the Psalms. They talk about how he, he knows the number of hairs on our head. He knows our favorite color. He knows our birthday. He knows every single part of us. The part that, even the parts that no one else is aware of, that no one else knows. The parts that we keep secret, that people don't see behind the mask of the mask that we wear of, not even literal mask, no pun intended, but the, the mask that we wear where we pretend that everything's fine. And he knows us into our deepest, darkest, secret corners. He knows our sin at the very deepest level, even. He knows our own uh, hypocrisies. He knows our own, uh, you know, everything that we do that we keep hidden from others. He, he knows our most embarrassing moments. He knows our most humiliating moments. And he knows what our thoughts are, even, even seeing past our actions. He knows us to the deepest level. And even in spite of him knowing even the worst things about us, he still loves us. We are fully known and fully loved. Is it true, could you say, that he couldn't love us more than he does? The first reason that I'm going to suggest that Jesus wept is because he knew the family and he knows us today. He knows our struggles. He knows our problems. He knows our anxieties. He knows our issues. And if you're not a Christian today, he knows your sin, all of it, even more than you do. And that really applies to all of us, even as Christians. He knows our anxieties and our worries our problems, our issues, even more than we're aware of because he's all-knowing. And even though he sees all that and knows all that, he still loves us. And that's an amazing fact. And if we can let that sink in, I mean, that very thought right there is, is quite uh, meaningful and significant. Jesus wept because he knew the family. The second reason I'd like to suggest that he wept is because he saw the effects of sin. Now that's something that's kind of easy to say. It rolls off the tongue. We've heard it many times if you listen to, to Bible teaching, he, the effects of sin, the consequences of sin. But I want to stop for a second again and, and pause and really consider what does, what does that mean? What are the consequences of sin? What are the results of my wrong thoughts, of my wrong actions, of my sin? What are the consequences he looks and he's standing at the grave of Lazarus or he's standing at least with Mary and Martha and 
the man inside the house has died. And the, the effect of sin, the final result of sin, when it is finished, is death. And I wonder, I wonder in those moments if the overwhelming thought of the weight and the burden and the consequence of all sin begins to kind of weigh on the Lord Jesus as, he's be, as he weeps. And it causes him to weep and it causes him to have sorrow and sadness as he thinks about sin. And so much of the time, I tolerate sin. And it doesn't make me sad. It doesn't make me sorrowful. It doesn't make me weep when I think about how awful sin is. Think for a moment, just pause for a moment, wherever you are listening to this, and start to begin to think about the consequences of sin and its results. All of the cancer, all of the death, all of the addiction, every curse word, all of the anger, all of the divorce, all of the broken homes, all of the abuse, every harsh and, and mean, unkind word, the effects of sin, poverty, difficulty, struggle, frustration, all caused by sin. Take a look around you in the world. Listen to the news. Not too much, but listen to the news. If you were to really grasp, if we could really grasp the complexity and the fullness of the weight of the consequences of sin, it would break us. It would cause us to break down and weep to really think of the consequences of sin. I'll, I'll just give you a quick personal example. Just this last week, there are some of us here in Jackson, and we've been meeting on just outside of the house of a person who is who is battling stage four cancer and likely doesn't have long to live. We've been meeting outside of her house. This will be the 12th week. We go almost every night. And her family comes and listens to the gospel message. And many of them have attended frequently. Unfortunately, just recently it's gotten so bad that she can't leave her house. And so we've moved from um, her front lawn basically to preaching on her front porch. Just last Friday night, one of my good friends was preaching and he was standing on the front porch and just to give you the, the picture, he's standing on the front porch in the corner, and that whole front porch is, is filled with people of different ages sitting, and some have even spread out down onto the stairs, and some have spilled out into the front yard. It was a fairly large group that day. And as he's speaking, one of the relatives comes a little bit late, and he stops and he pauses, and he comes up onto the deck as he's around the front porch as he's preaching, and he's sharing the good news about the forgiveness of sins, trying to break through, trying to help them realize the consequences of sin and the message of the gospel of, of, the, of eternal life and of everlasting life and what the forgiveness of sins can bring through the Lord Jesus and his death on the cross and his resurrection. As he's preaching, this man approaches. He stands on the front deck for a few minutes. He takes in a few minutes of the message and he goes inside the house where no one else is because they've all come out for the most part and they began to listen as the gospel was being preached. And he goes in the bathroom and he overdoses on heroin. The message of the gospel is being preached on, his, on the front porch 
And as we're all sitting there, and as the, as the preaching is actually taking place, the preaching that could give him life and give him for the forgiveness and the freedom that he's searching for, and he's inside the house overdosing as that message is being preached. See, this is real. This is something where if we could understand the depth of sin, the consequences that it brings, the sadness, the power of that awful thing called sin, it would cause us to pause and it would cause us to weep if we were like the Lord Jesus. And so he is weeping because he knows the family, but also he understands the consequences of sin to its fullness. Now, I want to suggest a third reason that I think is, is, has been important for me to understand. And I'd like to suggest that the third reason that he is weeping is because he realizes that in a short period of time, he will be the one who has died. It doesn't take long after John chapter 11. As soon as he raises Lazarus from the dead, the Pharisees go, you know what, this is it. We've got to kill him. We've got to put our plan into place and we have to get him and we have to arrest him. And, and you know as well as I do, their plan was not just to arrest him, but they wanted to kill him. Sometimes it even says the word to destroy him. The Lord Jesus knew that it was only a short period of time before he was going to be the one who died, who would bear our sin, the weight of all the things that we've been, just been discussing. He would suffer for it. It would be a suffering and a death that is like unlike any other. Because it was far more than just six hours hanging on a cross, as awful as that would have been. It was so much more than just being spit on. It was so much more than just being punched and hit with a rod and whipped on his back and, and a crown of thorns on his, on his brow. As awful as all that mocking and all that suffering was, it was more than that for him to be hanging on a cross and for the Lord to lay on him the iniquity of us all. Can you imagine if that, if you were to put yourself, and I know I don't mean to sound irreverent at all, but if we were to put ourselves in the place of Lord Jesus as he's looking at a, at a place where Lazarus has died and he begins to think, maybe even just a small fraction of the agony that he was about to go through in the garden as he's praying and anticipating all that he's about to go through, it would move us. It would touch us. And many times on a Sunday morning, we remember the Lord Jesus and we're touched that he was willing to go through so much, that he was willing to give his body, that he was willing to shed his blood, that he was determined to go there, and that he was willing to say, not my will, but thine be done. And he went through it all for us. He suffered terribly. Why have you forsaken me? He cries out. And because he suffered, we are forgiven. What a savior. I mean, doesn't these words, Jesus wept, it makes me think of him and it, it just gets to the point where I, I, we don't have words to think of him weeping. Weeping because he knows the family. Weeping because he knows us. Weeping because of the effects of sin, consequences of all of it. And weeping because he is going to be the one who's going to eventually enter into death. I was just reading 
as we think about the love of the Lord Jesus. I was thinking, I was just reading an autobiography of D.L. Moody, famous preacher. I'm sure you've heard of him. And the the his son is the one writing the book, and he's telling of his father in the in the hours and days before he dies. And he's talking to his father, and he asks his dad what he's thinking about as he's lying in his bed, and again, he's very sick and close to death. You know what he said? I found it very interesting. I love this story. He says, you know, son, he's talking to his son, D.L. Moody says, I wonder, I just wonder if when the Lord Jesus rose from the dead in those 40 days when he was alive, before he ascended into heaven, if he somehow, he's using his sanctified imagination, if he somehow found that soldier and said, I forgive you. Or if maybe he told his disciples, go and find that soldier who put the nails in my hands and in my feet and tell him that I love him. You know, I wonder if we were to bring that down to us here today. If the Lord Jesus would be able to to speak to us directly. Say, go and tell the people in Canada or in the United States or wherever you're at today, tell them that I love them. Wherever you are right now, if you're sitting in your house, if you're sitting in your car listening to this, if you're going for a run, wherever you're at listening to this podcast, if you were to pause for a moment, and if he were to say to you, tell them, tell them that I love them. There's no more greater evidence of the love of Lord Jesus than when we think about the cross what he was willing to go through, what he was suffering because of us. Mr. Crawford always used to say that God found a way to punish my sin without punishing me. And he punished his son. And that causes us to worship. And it causes us to praise. It causes us to love the Lord Jesus because he loved us first. I hope that this podcast will be a blessing to you as you think about the Lord Jesus himself, as we think about the, the, the shortest verse in the Bible, John eleven thirty five, 35, Jesus wept. Thanks for listening.